Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I'd like to start by asking you a question about this glass. And I know it might be kind of hard for some of you in the back to see this, which is why I dyed it in the appropriate color for today, by the way. But I have this glass, and by now you probably already can guess what kind of question I might ask. The question is, is this glass half full or is it half empty? It's an age-old question, an age-old expression that you've probably heard many a times before. That if you answer and say that this glass is half full, you're generally labeled as being a more optimistic person. Or if you say that this glass is half empty, you're generally labeled as a more pessimistic person. But either way you look at it, this glass is filled with something. You see, for the optimist, this glass is filled with water. And for the pessimist, this glass is filled with air. Or maybe you're that person in between, you don't really want to be labeled as anything. So you say this glass is both filled with water and air. But either way you look at it, any way you look at it, this glass is filled with something. Filled with something. It's going to be the key phrase that we focus on today as we meditate on God's word for us. And God's word that we meditate on today is from our second reading from Acts chapter 2. And it's in that reading that we specifically hear scripture say, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there they were all gathered together, the 12 disciples, because at that point they had already replaced the empty spot left before. So all the disciples were gathered together, but not just the 12. Likely there were probably some of the 72 disciples there as well. So there were quite a few men gathered together in that spot. But there was even more than just them, quite a few more men than just the disciples. Because scripture tells us that there were Jews, devout men from every nation who were there. Devout Men, meaning plural. So there was more than just one man from every nation. And also key word in that phrase is every nation. So not just a few men from this nation or that nation, but devout men from every nation. Needless to say, there were quite a few men. There are quite a great crowd, quite a great multitude. And then amidst this great multitude, there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. A sound from heaven. So to them, a sound that seemingly came out of nowhere. A sound that wasn't created by mankind. A sound that couldn't be explained by natural or expected causes. And a sound that likely would have been rather startling because it came to them like a mighty rushing wind. And think of all the severe storms that we've seen throughout our lifetime, in which you hear the weather forecasters say the winds were up to 70 miles an hour or even greater. Those rushing winds, and when we hear of great rushing winds, we instinctively begin to have a little bit of uncertainty inside, a little bit of fear, a little bit of cause for concern about what's going to happen. And then, after this great sound like a mighty, rushy, mighty rushing wind, there came, resting upon the heads of the disciples, tongues of fire. And now, we may never be able to completely depict, detail for detail, what that exactly looked like. 
But artists throughout time, throughout history, have been trying to render what this event looked like. Fire coming down from heaven. Fire resting upon his disciples' heads. These divided tongues of fire, flames above their heads. Flames of red and yellow and white. And flames that would normally be caused for a burn and caused to consume someone. And yet there they rested as divided tongues of fire on their heads. And so even though we are not able to depict exactly detail for detail what it specifically looked like, we can all agree that it was quite a wonderful event, quite an awe-inspiring event. But there was one more thing as well. Because amidst this great crowd with a mighty rushing wind and divided tongues of fire, then the disciples spoke. And they spoke in front of all these men from every different nation, and every single person there understood them from every different nation, which likely would have spoken many different languages, languages that the disciples would have not all known. And yet every man from every nation understood in their own native tongue, in their own language, what the disciples said. So there we have this great crowd who gathered together, a mighty rushing wind, divided tongues of fire, and then speaking about all these things so that all can understand, and all of this so they could speak about God to proclaim about Jesus Christ and declare the mighty works of God and to do all of this in the face of direct and specific criticism. All of this, all of those events, all of what they did because the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were enabled to do such great things. And yet, There were people standing right there, people who witnessed these very events, and yet they didn't think the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. No, they thought they were filled with something else. They thought they were drunk. They thought they were filled with the new wine. Because surely this can't be a God thing. Surely this can't be explained by the Holy Spirit working in them. They must be drunk. What else could explain their erratic and radical behavior? What else could explain such a confusing and amazing experience? Surely they just got into the new and the good wine far too early in the day. And today we also hear similar types of criticism for our spirit-filled behavior. People today who say that we are just filled with hot air when we talk about God and proclaim the works of Jesus Christ, his son. People who think that all this stuff that we're talking about, it has no real bearing. There's no real substance there that when we speak, it's the only thing that's coming out of our mouths is the hot air as we speak. Or people in this world today who say that when we talk about God, when we proclaim the great works of God, we're just filled with nonsense. Again, that we don't really have anything of substance or value. That all this stuff that we talk about isn't truly verifiable or proven by evidence that they want to believe. That we are just filled with this nonsense that we spew day after day. And yet, the disciples were not filled with new wine. We today are not filled with new wine, nor are we filled with hot air or nonsense. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit which creates inside of us faith and then sustains that faith and enabled us by that faith to then proclaim the great and mighty works of God. And this, this is the focus of our celebration today. 
Today, as we celebrate the great day of Pentecost, we celebrate God giving his spirit to his people. And even more so, we celebrate that God makes promises and he keeps his promises. Because in our reading, Acts chapter 2, in which we hear about these events of the day of Pentecost, God tells us that he foretold these events long before it even happened. God says to his people through his prophet, Joel, And in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. God promised to pour out his spirit on the people, and he did. God promised that he would show great wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, and he did with such a great and wonderful event. And so today we get to celebrate that God keeps his promise, celebrate that God gives his Holy Spirit. And we do that today with great joy. As I see looking around, many of you have worn red today as we celebrate this. We pastors have put on our red stoles and the red pyramids back on the altar. And we have great gusto and and specific music given to us today so that today we can celebrate. We get to celebrate today that God gives his spirit to his people. God gave his spirit to his disciples so long ago, and he continues to give his spirit to you and to me today. He gives his spirit to you and me today. So you remember this analogy I had for you in the beginning, this question of is the glass half full or half empty? As any real analogy happens, it breaks down at some point because this is exactly where this analogy breaks down because you're not half full of the Holy Spirit. You're not half empty of the Holy Spirit. You are simply filled with the Holy Spirit. No questions about it. No quantifying needed. You are simply filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled so that you can go out and proclaim the great and mighty deeds of God. And as you do so, you may never experience divided tongues above your head in fire. I don't see any divided tongues of fire today. You may never proclaim the great and mighty deeds of God in front of great large crowds. You may never even declare the great and mighty deeds of God in the face of such direct and clear criticism. But you will and you should declare his great and mighty deeds that he has given his son, his son Jesus Christ, who has risen and ascended as promised to come back again. And he will keep that promise. And so today, in a few short minutes, we're going to invite here to the very front all of our leaders and volunteers for Vacation Bible School. And you and all those leaders are filled with the Holy Spirit. They are filled with the Spirit so that this week they can teach our children about the works of God. And not only just teach them through their words and their stories, but also teach them through their lives and through their actions. And then also later in our 1045 service, we're going to invite forward all the high school graduates this year those who will go on to college or go on to work or those who have no idea what they're about to do next. But what I do know is that they too are filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit who will continue to comfort and guide them wherever they go. The the Spirit who will enable them to proclaim the great and mighty deeds of God wherever they go and in whatever they do. And so then for all of the rest of you who are here this morning, who maybe aren't volunteering for VBS this week, and maybe you aren't exactly graduating from high school this year, but you too are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit that created that faith in you, sustains that faith, will continue to comfort and guide in you, and especially will enable you to proclaim his great and mighty deeds. And so today I find no better way to end our reflection on God's word than to join our hearts in prayer. So please join me as we pray. Almighty Father, we thank you that you have filled us with your Holy Spirit. We pray also that you would fill all the men and women and children around this world with your Holy Spirit as well. That you would continue to comfort and guide us with your Spirit. And especially that you would enable us by the power of your Spirit to proclaim your great and mighty deeds to all people and in all places. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now please stand as we join our hearts.